you have your Bibles, we're going to start out and read a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. But before I do it, I want to kind of preface this message, the song that we sang. What was the title of that song about when the mountain doesn't move? Trust in you, yeah. I, I leaned over to Pam as we were singing it, and I said, yeah, that's a good song for me right now because the last bad weather we had, how many of you realize we've had some bad weather on Sundays and uh, don't particularly care for that, don't particularly care for bad weather, but definitely not on Sundays, not on Wednesdays, and also not for uh, 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 Christmas to be following on, falling on a Sunday, New Year's Day following on a Sunday, and uh, so... I prayed no more bad weather from now on for the rest of the year, and my prayer didn't seem to do much because today a lot of people aren't here because of the weather. But you know, we've got to reach the point when our total focus is upon Jesus. And no matter what happens, God's going to bring us through, and every single one of us face things from time to time. And the message when I was praying about this message, uh, it just kept coming over and over, and I thought, Lord, this is the longest message in the world, uh, title-wise. But what do you do when you feel like you need to do something, but you don't know what you're supposed to do? Can I see the hands of all the people? You have either been there, are there, or you may be there sometime in the near future. There are areas in my life where I just feel the pressure that I'm supposed to do something, but I'm not sure what to do. I don't want to procrastinate because that's bad, but I don't want to make a decision that isn't the right decision, and I'm not sure what God is saying in that particular arena. I know what the Word of God says in the written Word, but I've learned the hard way over the years. I can't just find something in the Bible and say, this is the will of God in this situation to do it. I've got to have the Holy Spirit also weigh in. How many of you know what I'm talking about so far? What is the Holy Spirit saying? We know that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory, but where does God want you positioned for that miracle to take place? And when we know what God is saying, then we know exactly what to do. When we're not sure, sometimes we can compound the problem by trying to get involved. So <clears throat> some of you are probably, matter of fact, how many of you are facing things right now? You need wisdom. You need to know what to do. You're not sure what to do. So what we're going to do is talk about that, and then we're going to pray. and give you a couple of examples here in the Word of God. But in 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, I want to share a, a, a story about David. David and Joshua were two of my heroes in, in the Bible, and I just love both of them. And in 1 Samuel, I'm going to paraphrase all this for you until we get to verse number 30, but in 1 Samuel chapter 30, the situation is like this. Uh, very much like things that you and I go through in our life. David knows what God told him to do, but the circumstances aren't lining up with what God told him. How many of you realize that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, what, the, what we just said? Can I see the hands of all of that? How many of you realize that in the realm of the natural, when you look at your book account or bank account or whatever, and it doesn't seem to be lining up with what you know is the truth? Can I see your hands? And David had been anointed to be king. But David is hiding and running from Saul because Saul wants to kill him. So David does what he thinks is a good thing. Now, I'm not going to weigh in on and judge David as to whether he did the right thing or the wrong thing, but how many of you sometimes have done something that you thought was the right thing that turned out to be the wrong thing? May I see your hands, make sure we're all on the same page. And this is what David did. 
he aligns himself with the enemy of the children of God. Why he did that was for protection for him, protection for his 600 people that were with him, his 600 fighting men. And so we don't, we don't know what propelled him to do that. Maybe it was God leading him, but it doesn't feel like it would have been the right thing to do. But he's aligned with the wrong force. And they're going to go to war against Saul. Now, the reason why I, I just have this feeling that David was pressured to do something that in his right mind he wouldn't have done. Can I hear an amen from all the people who have done that? In other words, in my, let's all say, in my right mind, I wouldn't have done what I know I did. <laughs> all of us have been there and done that. It's like, why would I have done something like that? But David was aligned and is going to go out and fight against what David called God's anointed, and that was Saul. He said, I'll never touch Saul because it's God's anointed. But now, all of a sudden, he's hiding out in an area called Ziklag, and he's getting ready to align himself. Well, he is aligned with the Philistines, and he's going to go to war against God's anointed, even though it was uh, Saul made a lot of mistakes, but he's going to go to war against Saul. And as he's getting ready to go out, they're, they're all together in ranks, the Philistines, and the princes are coming by, and, and they're reviewing everybody that's going to be fighting against the children of Israel. And they see Hebrews, they see the people of Israel, and, and, and they look at them and they say, what are these people doing here? And, and, and the, the Philistine who David was friends with, one of the kings said, this is David, and, and, and he is in exile, and he's been with me for all of this time, and he's loyal to me, and he will be true to the fight that we're going to have against King Saul, and he will fight with us. And they said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to take David with us, because when the battle goes and we begin to defeat Saul, David can come. Now, I'm paraphrasing all this. Tell your neighbor, he's paraphrasing all this. But basically, basically what he said was David could come to his senses and he could begin to turn and fight for Saul because Saul was David's king. And so David is in a position when he says, no, I do want to fight, but they send him back to Ziklag where he came from. He left Ziklag where he was, where the Philistines gave him the land, to go fight in a fight that he probably shouldn't have been in, and then he is now sent home that he can't even fight in that fight. And so on the way back home, when he arrives at home, they find something entirely different. How many of you have ever left home one way and come home and found it another way. Or maybe to rephrase it, left the kids one way and came home and find out they were a whole another way or something didn't work out while you were gone the way you thought it would. I remember the time when Pam and I had left uh, our home in um, uh, uh, Tulsa, uh, the first home we had. And, and we left, uh, we didn't leave the kids alone that much that often. But this particular day, we left Matt home and somebody else. And when we came home, the, uh, the uh, patio glass door was shattered totally and still running. Have you ever heard a patio door run? The glass was still running from the shattering. And I said, man, how did that happen? I still have never gotten, a, gotten what I think is really the truth. Maybe, maybe, maybe I do have. I don't know. But, but how many of you realize that you trust all your kids? 
I mean, you love all your kids. I said that wrong. How many of you realize you love all your kids? And then some you can trust more than others. And back in that era, we loved Matt, but I always had to verify, is this really true? And, he, and to this day, I guess, he said, I didn't do it. He was the only one home, and the entire patio window gets shattered. He was the only one home. But we left the patio window one way, and we came home and found it another way. Well, this is a little bit more serious with David. Because when he got back to Ziklag after being sent home from the Philistines, he found that the entire area of the village where he was and his men, 600 fighting men, 600 fighting men with him came home and everything had been burnt and all of the people were gone. Now, we can fast forward that he found them alive, but he didn't know that. He didn't know whether they were alive or dead. He just knew that they weren't dead right there in that village, but he knew they were all gone. And he had all of these men who were loyal to him. Everybody said loyalty. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's great to have loyalty. But what happened in just a moment's time is that the person that God had anointed to be king was going to fight against God's people, but then he was sent back home so he couldn't get into the fight. I believe that was God. Didn't want him in the fight against Saul. But he comes back home and he finds that the village is burned, the, the buildings that they had built were burned, everything was gone, and his men began to look at him who they were so loyal to, and they began to speak of stoning him. One moment. Everybody say one moment. How many of you have had a close friend and in one moment they were gone? Can I see your hands? In other words, you had somebody that you really depended on, and one moment, one situation, and one circumstance, and they were out of there. There's only one friend that will sit close to you. I am my wife's friend. My wife is my best friend. But I know this. I can do something to disappoint her. Maybe she can do something to disappoint me. But all of us have somebody that will stick with us, and that's Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus will never, never come against me. Jesus will never He's always there for you. So in one moment, saw, uh, uh, David goes into the situation where he doesn't know what to do. Now that brings us up to 1 Samuel chapter 30. How many of you got some things again you're not sure what to do? Bless you. How many of you got some things you're not sure what to do? Can I see your hands? You're facing situations and circumstances. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. These are, pro these are people that were just a moment ago ready to lay their life down for him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Some of your interpretations, it was bitter. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself, and in your King James, it will say David encouraged encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. What does that mean? In other words, David is facing a dire situation. He's got these fighting men, 600 fighting men that are with him and loyal to him. And all of a sudden, they're talking about stoning him. Think about how serious that would be. Somebody that you thought would follow you, somebody that you thought was loyal to you, and all of a sudden, they want to stone you. And David had to get alone with God 
strengthen himself in the Lord. And one of the things, and, and I believe it's one of the most important things for all of us, is that when we're going through a situation that is catastrophic, the first thing you're going to have to do is strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's not the time to make a decision. That's not the time to be making a decision. It's not the time to let your mind go. It's not the time to be thinking about all of the, well, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this, I could do that. Sometimes when I, um, I'm around people of God, people even in our own church, and situations happen, and, and I, I hear them start to talk about all the things they could do. And I think either they're not hearing God or they hear God a lot faster than I do because I don't hear God that fast. I have to strengthen myself in the Lord when there's a situation that has really shaken me to the core. And I've had those types of situations where some of us say, what are we going to do? And I say, I don't know what to do. I do not know what to do. I know who does, but I know this. I've got to strengthen myself in the Lord so that I can be stable to hear what he's saying. Because if I don't know what he's saying, I'm just speaking things that may or may not be right. And I said this jokingly and Pam, to Pam one day, and I heard her quoted down in Mexico. I said that, that uh, you know, people that are just talking all the time about things that they should do that haven't taken time to really hear what God is telling them to do should have their mouth closed and not open. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's supposed to be a joke. But it's really true. When people are talking about, well, I could do this, I could do that, and they can't do this. What you're doing is bringing confusion into your mind. The confusion of the mind is, is horrible. And what David could have done all that, but it says, is, this is one of the most powerful things. That's why I just admire David so much. Did he make a mistake about going up against Saul? That's between him and God. But I think he probably did. But he, I think he learned from his mistake when he got back. And he said, I've got to strengthen myself in the Lord. What did he do? He pulled away. Everybody said pulled away. Sometimes you've got to pull away from the busyness of life. Otherwise, life will just beat you down because you're trying to make decisions on the run instead of hearing from God. And, and, the, and the Lord said in the next, uh, it's uh, verse 8, I think. Yeah, verse 8. So when he inquired of the Lord after he had strengthened himself, he had strengthened himself. He was no longer vulnerable. And he inquired of the Lord, and God said, pursue and you will recover all. This is what I think. God is looking for people that will be strong in the spirit with him to lead. I believe God is looking for leaders. I really do. And David, in, in one moment, he's, I, we don't know how many of the 600 wanted to stone him, but they wanted to stone him. One moment, they want to kill him. The next moment, David basically stands up and says, I have strengthened myself, I have inquired of the Lord, and we're going to pursue, and we're going to get everything that we lost back. Everybody say that. We're going to get everything that we have lost. How many of you have lost some things along the way? And God says, pursue, and you're going to get it back. That's what David did. I believe, I believe with all my heart, he turned to those 600 men. He said, knock that crap off about stoning me. We're going to pursue, and we're going to get everything that we ever had, and we're going to get it all back. And all the men said, we can follow somebody like that, because right now we're grieving. Right now we're bitter, but we need a leader, and we're going to follow you, David. Fast forward, they went after the enemy. They got everything back, all of their wives, all of their children, all of the family, all of the goods that were plundered, 
and because the people that did all of that had been plundering everybody else, they got more than they had in the beginning. Let's all say it. I want some of that. In other words, you're not just going to get back what the devil's taken. You're going to get back more. You're going to get back sevenfold if you're pursuing what God has for you. And why does this all happen to David? Because he took a time out and he said, I got to strengthen myself. There are times around here, and I know Pam has the same thing, so it's not just me, but it's true in your life too. You just got to get away. You just can't keep doing the same thing 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week. All of a sudden, you're going to find one year went by, two years went by, 10 years went by, 20 years went by, and you still are not strengthened in the Lord the way God wants you to be. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? It's no different than your immune system. If you don't strengthen your immune system, you'll eventually fall prey to something, even though the Word of God says you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. So we get to the point when we realize that I have to make a difference in some of these things in my life. Turn to your neighbor and say, God put you in charge. When you understand this, my second hero, actually a bunch of heroes in the Bible, but my, uh, I, I just love Joshua. The more I, re I, I read Joshua all the time. And I know that, that every single one of us are constantly in a situation where we have battles. And the battles, really, the, the biggest battles that we ever face are in our mind. And, and, and Joshua was one of the most powerful leaders that God ever raised up, in my opinion. And I think a lot of it reversed back to the fact that he was an understudy and he was a servant for Moses. And, and, and he, he did everything to help Moses and, and he was God's man for that moment. And when Moses died and, and Joshua was elevated into becoming the leader, God spoke to Moses, uh, Joshua in Joshua 1.8 and said, Joshua, if you'll meditate my word day and night, you will have success and you will have prosperity. Don't ever become discouraged and don't ever become dismayed. But keep your focus upon me, and I know I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, and you'll be okay. Now, Joshua did not have the old covenant carried around with him like we have. Joshua didn't have a leather-bound book. Joshua only had the current manna of God that came through his internal prayer journal that he heard from God. If he didn't hear from God, he didn't have a book to run to to look at. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we're just like Joshua. We need the prayer journal internally from what we write down and from what God speaks to us. And that's what God said to Joshua. He said, you meditate what I am saying to you day and night. Then you'll not have room for anything else up there in your mind, but only what I'm telling you. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will make your way successful. Why? Because he's doing exactly what God told him to do, and he's following God. God's plans are anointed. God's plans are, 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 are taken care of financially because God's blessings come upon us and overtake us when we're doing what God has called us to do. Ask your neighbor, are you doing what God has called you to do? If you're doing, that was awfully weak. It's really quiet in here. Tell them real loud so at least I know you're out there. Are you doing what God has called you to do? Now, when I, <laughs> I've got some areas where I, I, I have been brought up by the Lord that he's shown me some things I'm not doing that he's told me to do. 
So I'm listening to this message myself tonight. But in Joshua, and I'm going to paraphrase this for you, in Joshua chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8 is, is three of the most interesting chapters, I believe, in the body, in the Bible when it comes to talking about leadership. And uh, J- Joshua was told what to do by God. How many of you know God has spoken things to you that you're supposed to do? Can I see your hands? Because if your hand's not up, then you really are in trouble because that means you're not praying and you don't have a prayer journal. And turn to your name and say, I just love this guy. If you don't have a written prayer journal, you're the problem. Not the devil. Not your aunt, not your uncle, not your in-law, not your outlaw, not your checkbook. You're the problem. Because you cannot follow God. Because if you don't have a prayer journal, you're going to go in one ear, rattle around, come out the other ear, and then later on, you know, six months down the road, you what did God say? I thought he said, I don't know, he said anything. You've got a prayer journal, you know exactly what he said. I can tell you exactly what God spoke to me yesterday. <laughs> Because today, when I went out to pray, I'm, well, no, I, this message, definitely, but, but the, the things that in my life that I needed to hear came to me really yesterday. Today was just this message, which I need to hear it too, just like you. But every day, I try every day of the year to sit down with my prayer journal. You might say, well, I'm busy. Find a time when you're not busy. You're not busy 24 hours a day. Take your TV set, throw it in the garbage can, do whatever you have to do. But, but get to the point where you have prayer time that you're writing down in your prayer journal what God is speaking to you because when you follow the plan of God, it's anointed. Joshua understood this. Joshua was God's man. So Joshua is getting ready for his first assignment. God is leading him to the promised land, and the first big battle that he's going to have, turn to your name and tell him, there's always going to be a battle. If you want to get out of the war zone of battles, you just need to go on to heaven because it's the only time we're going to be free of battles. We're going to go from one battle to the next, one victory to the next. We're going from glory to glory, but every time we're going to have another battle, another battle, another battle, and another battle. So what we're doing is preparing for every battle that we're going to face because we're never going to stop the battle. And, it's, and the enemy is defeated, but we're going to carry forth that, that defeat. Joshua chapter 6, God spoke to, to uh, excuse me, God spoke to Joshua and gave him the definite instructions on how to take Jericho. Now, this was totally foreign to anything that we've seen in the Old Covenant anywhere, even in the whole Bible. There's, there's never a, 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 a battle that took place the way Joshua is instructed by God to take Jericho. Because Joshua, I believe, was so strong, personal opinion, was so strong in his leadership qualities, he just stood up there uh, among all of uh, uh, the leaders and basically said, this is what God said, and this is the way it is, and people are looking for somebody like that. And so they, they followed him. But I can't imagine any of them not having this thought. We're going to do what? We're going to walk around? Uh, six days for all of these things, and then we're going to shout, and we're going to blow the trumpets, and the walls are fall down? I think that would have been foreign even to this fighting men, but because of their loyalty to Joshua and because they knew he was God's man, they were willing to follow him. 
And it happened exactly as God said. Everybody say exactly as God said. Exactly. It happened exactly as God said. So now they're ready for the next battle. And they're excited. And I know some of you have heard this before. But they're ready for the next battle. And they're all excited. And, and, and here, here's what. Uh, I'm sorry. I meant to give you this scripture. And I, I went right over. Uh, Joshua chapter 6 verse 2. God said, I've given Jericho into your hand. That's a done deal, Joshua. Now here's what you do. All settled. Then, in Joshua chapter 7, verse 3, they're getting ready to go up to the battle of Ai. Second battle, they just creamed them, the first battle. Now they're ready to go into the second battle. And in Joshua chapter 7, verse 3, it says that Joshua consulted the people, and the people said, don't weary the people. In other words, his leaders, Joshua's leaders said, don't weary the people the people of Ai are few, they're not that strong, we don't need to weary our people, and because sin had entered into the camp during the battle of Jericho, and they had some problems, Joshua listened to his leaders, people that were under him in the leadership. How many of you got close friends who you rely on to give you information and counsel and things like this? Can I see your hand? Okay. They do not supersede the leading of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, they will get you in trouble if you try to follow the input of a counselor or somebody who is telling you what you should do when you know God has spoken to you to do something else. You are alone with God in the counsel that you receive. Now, certainly, we all have people that are mentors. We have people that we allow to counsel with us, but we don't follow any leading other than the leading of the Holy Spirit or what bears witness with our spirit that it is of God. And Joshua decided to listen to them, and I think he's probably said something like this. It really makes sense to let the people rest. Who would not want the people to rest? So therefore, we'll let the people rest. We'll just send a few up there to this battle of Ai. We just annihilated Jericho. We've got everything going for us now. We're on a roll, and we're going to go up in Ai, and we take on Ai, and we take on the people of Ai. And they were soundly defeated in the battle and had to run back down the mountain with the people of Ai chasing them, and they couldn't understand what happened. And finally, Joshua falls on his face before the Lord, cries out to the Lord and says, God, what is going on? And God rebukes Joshua and says, get on your feet. There's sin in the camp. Everybody say there's sin in the camp. Everybody say it again. Everybody say it again. Now, I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands. But when God tells you to do something and you don't do it, it's not spelled G-R-A-C-E. It's spelled S-I-N. Turn to your neighbor saying, I had to endure this to come tonight. <laughs> if you know what God is telling you to do and you don't do it, it's not faith, and whatever is not of faith is sin. It opens the door to the devil. God doesn't come and get you when you don't do what he's called you to do, but the door of self-seeking opens to the devil to come in and do whatever. So if you're doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing and God has told you not to do them, you've got an open door to the devil to steal your family, to steal things from you, to take care of 
blocking the blessing of God that God wants to come upon you and overtake you. That's why God said in Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you if you hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and obey what God has called you to do. The blessings come upon you and overtake you. So anyway, Joshua now gets, gets told that there's sin in the camp. Achan had committed sin, and, and, and Joshua is told by God what to do. And then in Joshua 8.1, they're getting ready for the second battle of Ai, their third battle. They're one for two. They're batting a half of 50%. So now in the second battle of Ai, God speaks to Joshua in verse eight, uh, Joshua chapter 8, verse 1, I have given into your hand Ai. And now he gives them the plan as to how to do it. The only difference between Joshua chapter 6 and Joshua chapter 7 is Joshua chapter uh, Joshua chapter six? The only difference between Joshua chapter six and Joshua chapter eight is Joshua chapter seven, and the only difference between the three is in Joshua chapter seven. Joshua did not know what God said. You all with me? Let's just say it. Joshua didn't know what to do. If you don't know what to do, what should you do? Get your mind out of the way. How many of you if, you, if you're not sure what God's saying to do, well, it's okay, I'll think for you, God. I know it's going to be hard for you to raise your hand, but how many of you, I'm ta- it's you I'm talking to right now. You know, oh, God doesn't know what to do. I'll tell you what. And all of a sudden, your mind starts to go, and you start babbling and babbling, and, 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 and that's what it is, really, babble. Because what you're doing is just coming up with things and coming up with things, and you're missing God. What we need to do is to settle ourselves. Settle yourself. Settle down. Settle down. What is God saying? I don't know. Then don't do anything. But I, I got to do something. You know who's the biggest driver in your life? You. There's a difference between settling down, hearing from God, and procrastination. I have a tendency sometimes to procrastinate. I know it, and my wife is probably internally saying, Amen. I believe some people have a tendency that procrastination is not their problem at all. Their problem is their mind is spinning all the time. And if they're not hearing from God, they're going to think for God, and they're going to come up with something. And that something could get you in trouble. As a matter of fact, some people are in trouble. And, and believe me, will you? I wrote this down. I don't want to get it wrong because I felt like God spoke it to me, and I really liked it. No matter how bad things are at the present, you are capable of making them worse. <laughs> like that. Uh, let's say, no matter how bad things are, at the present time, I can be very capable of making them worse. How many of you would say amen to that? And what we've got to do then is say, okay, I've got to settle down. And what happens, there's some things that I'm facing, Pam and I have talked about, and it's like, God, if I don't do anything about this, I don't know. This is really getting serious. But yet, in my spirit, I don't know what to do. So therefore, my mind is trying to come up with multiple choice. Do you have, how many of you got a multiple choice mind? Well, I could do A, I could do B, C, D. Some of you go through the whole alphabet. And, and you just don't need, what are the 31 letters in the alphabet? Is that right, honey? I don't remember for sure. But anyway, you don't, you don't, I, you don't want to do that. You want to get away, settle down, encourage yourself in the Lord, and move forward from that. Now, our biggest battles, my, I'm talking about my wife and I now, 
when we went when we went to Tulsa, we went out there with thirty some thousand dollars worth of debt. I didn't know why I was going to Tulsa other than all I ha heard was you go to Tulsa and you find the meaning for your life. And then God supernaturally puts me in Bible school. And I start learning the Word of God. And I start getting a hold of bits and pieces of the Word of God. And then I don't know how to follow the Holy Spirit, but I can look to see what the Word of God says. Are you with me so far? And so I start cherry-picking the Word of God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Let me see. I've got a real problem. John 14, 14. Yep, I remember that one. Let's see, what was that? If I ask anything in, my name, in his name, he will do it. Okay. Jesus, I want you to take care of this, 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 and this. And it was like we sang about that mountain. It didn't go away. As a matter of fact, the mountain got bigger and bigger and bigger because I wasn't hearing from the Holy Spirit. I'm in Bible school. I'm learning the Word of God. I'm learning the Word. I'm learning the discipline of the Word, of the written Word, but I'm not really following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I come home one day and I tell Pam, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to work at McDonald's. I'm going to drop out of Bible school. Exactly what I did. Dropped out of Bible school, went to work in the management training program at the ripe old age of 39 in McDonald's because I had past fast food restaurant experience. Oh, they snatched me up. I was going to change the world at McDonald's. I went from a difficult situation to a horrible situation. It was like going from the frying pan to the fire. It was absolutely horrible. Nothing wrong with McDonald's. I still love a double cheeseburger at McDonald's. Man, I think I may stop by there. I hope they get that one build over here real quick. I love a double cheeseburger at McDonald's. And, and, and so all of a sudden, one day I'm in the shower. I'm miserable. I'm dying. I just feel like life is just the pits. Um, Pam is miserable because everybody's miserable. How many of you realize one of you is miserable in the family and the husband and wife seeing everybody gets miserable? And that's exactly how it was. And this one night I was in the shower, taking a shower, and this is what I heard. If, if you don't get back into Victory Bible Institute, you'll miss my plan for your life. And I came out and I told Pam. She said, I heard the same thing. I was hoping she'd correct me because I was ready to go back in the shower. <laughs> I didn't want to go back to the VBI, but I knew it was God. I knew it in my spirit. How many of you know when you've heard from God? You know. You can pretend you don't know, but you know. You know you know. God knows you know. And, and so I, I, that was it. I go back to Bible school, enrolled in Bible school. I was $30,000 when I dropped out of school. I go back to Bible school. I'm still $30,000 in debt. But everything seemed different at the time. Everything seemed different at the time when I went back. In a moment's time, you're, turn to your neighbor and say, you're one moment away. I know it wasn't like a minute, but in one moment's time, leaving McDonald's, going back to Bible school, they ended up very shortly after that putting me in charge of the intern ministry program. Then they ended up making me the director of VBI. I'm not telling you this because I'm anybody special. I'm not. Matter of fact, I wondered if they knew what they were doing. Uh, but, but, but they put me in charge of the intern ministry program. They put me in charge of Victory Bible Institute, us together, but in charge of Victory Bible Institute as, as the assistant director. And then they made me the director. Then they made me the director of Victory Fellowship Ministry. And all these things started coming. I believe 
if I hadn't stepped away from what I planned, it would have never happened. I believe that if Joshua hadn't learned from his last mistake, it would have never happened for him. We've got to be willing to realize that we can turn around and do what God's called us to do. The thought came to me, I wonder what would have happened in my life if I hadn't come out of that shower. I'm talking to you too in some area of your life. What if I hadn't come out of that shower and said, Pam, I think God told me I want to go back to VBI. I did not want to go back to VBI. I did not. But what if I hadn't come out of the shower? You know, I might be at McDonald's somewhere working today and flipping hamburgers. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Deep fries, free cheeseburgers, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. But, but in other words, you, 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 you'll never know what you've missed in your life until you get to heaven. But I do believe there'll be a replay, and God will show you what you could have had when you get there. But it's never too late. Tell your neighbors, never too late. Never too late, never too late to move on. Now, I want to give you these five things that I felt like the Lord showed me. I've experienced every single one of them in my life. What do you do when you feel like you need to do something, but you don't know what to do? Number one, wait on the Lord. God will speak to you. Wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings of eagles. They'll run, not grow weary. You'll, you'll accomplish what God's had for you. Isaiah 40, 31. Number two, <clears throat> just like David did, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Thank God for people who love us. Thank God for friends and people like that and our mates. But you cannot have your total encouragement and focus upon your mate or upon a counselor. It has to be you encourage yourself in the Lord, and we already talked about that scripture. Number three, know that you can do all things. And you say, well, I know that scripture. If you know that scripture, it'll change your life if it becomes revelations. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you don't know the mountain that I'm facing. It doesn't change the Word of God. But you don't know the situation that I'm in. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Number four, God will supply all of your needs. Sometimes in my life, and I'm sure it's in your life too, sometimes financially it just feels like I'm treading water. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like you pay all those bills, you got a little left over, and you're just treading water and treading water and treading water. Well, you've got to tread water so you don't drown, but eventually you're going to swim, and eventually you're going to get to the other side. How much of your needs will be supplied by God? All of your needs will be supplied by God. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. This scripture is talking about all of your needs being supplied as you do what God has called you to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, are we doing what God has called us to do? And then the fifth one that I felt like God showed me, I know it's so true in my life, but God will turn everything around and use it for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. David, I believe, made a serious mistake. He had a flaw, and he aligned himself with the Philistines. 
Have we ever aligned ourselves with people that we shouldn't align ourselves with? Have we ever allowed thoughts that we shouldn't be aligned with? Have we ever allowed our mind to think contrary to the will of God? Only one person can control your mind, and that's you. That's why the importance of Romans 12, 1, 2, and 3, that keep your mind renewed so that you'll know the perfect will of God. If you don't renew your mind, nobody will. And your mind will align itself with the Philistines of this world. And you will think things that will cause your immune system to go wacko. It will cause you to lose your faith. It will cause you to lose your confidence. It will cause you to lose your courage. It will cause you not to wait upon the Lord. It will cause you to want to do something and take control, only to find out that I've taken a serious problem and made it much more serious because I've allowed myself to get involved. But it says that God will use all things for good to those who love him, and are called according to his purpose. So when you say, God, what is your purpose? I'm not sure. Get alone. Get away. Get alone. Get away. God, is what is your purpose here? How do you want me to handle this? And without the leading of the Lord, we're subject to error. But with the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will always see the blessings of God come upon us and overtake us. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Let's all stand. I believe that 2017 is going to be a great year for each and every one of us. But here's what I, I, I really pray for each of you. You know how different ministries, and there's nothing wrong with this, but different ministries have different uh, things that they feel like God has shown them going into the... I always think about Lester Summerall. He's in heaven now. Lester Summerall... Every year he had something for that year, but it was something that rhymed, uh, like 217 will be heaven. I, I don't even know what now, but, but anyway, there's nothing wrong with that. God, you know, the ministers feel like God's given them things and the way the Holy Spirit's going to move for that year. That's true. That is definitely true. However, it isn't as if God is ready to bless us in a certain year. The Bible is not written for a certain year. Does that make sense to you? It's not, it's, it's not written for a certain year. It's written for your life. It's not that 2017 will just be a great year of blessing. God wanted 2016 to be a great year of blessing. And 2015, when we quoted a, a moment ago Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, that if you'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and be obedient to what God's shown you to do, all the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. That is not for a certain year. That is for your life every year of every year of every year. So that when we get to the point when we will listen to what God is saying and follow what God is saying, the plan of God will be there and every blessing of God will come upon us and overtake us. Can you say amen to that? Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? I think we had a couple of visitors. Most of you have been part of this church for a long time, but that doesn't make heaven your destination. The destination of heaven and eternal life is when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're here tonight and you've never made that decision, maybe you've been in church, but you've never made that decision, or maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You, you know your life is not right. You know you've drifted away from the things of God. 
It's time to come home. It's time to get in line with what God has for you. And if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, that's me, I, I know my life isn't right. If I die tonight, I don't know if I'd go to be with Jesus in heaven. But I want that assurance. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And we're going to pray for you. Take just a moment. Anyone at all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, while we're still bowed in prayer, I take it to mean that every single person here knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior. How many of you are here and you have some decisions that you really feel you need to make, but you're not sure what the will of God is because we're going to pray. And I believe God is going to show you exactly what he wants you to hear. Can I see your hands? Now, Father, you see those hands lifted. You are no respecter of persons. I pray that in your perfect timing, as each individual gets away to wait upon your leading, that you will speak clearly to them. You'll show them what they need to do. You will give them your wisdom and the leading of your spirit. And the blessings that you have for them will come upon them and overtake them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now let's make this confession. Lord, help me to wait upon you. Help me to encourage myself in you. Help me to know that I can do all things. Help me to know that you'll supply all of my needs. And help me to continually meditate that no matter what I face, it will be turned around. And it will work for good. Because I love you. And I am called according to your purpose. You believe that? Say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Thank you all for coming out tonight, too.